This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. In their legendary song, Two, Woohoo. They may have said it with a little more enthusiasm, but that's the lyric. Early second period, Islanders lead the Jets 1 0. That is the only game going on in the NHL. Couple of them later, Flames at Coyotes and then Chicago at Dallas. Both games starting at 7.30. The Edmonton Oilers traveling today to Pittsburgh. They will play the Penguins tomorrow here on 6.30. Chet will be into the second period already in about 24 hours. 3.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30, Chet, and the puck will drop at 5. We will have Penguins analyst Phil Bork on the show a little bit later on. He is always a blast to talk to. Luke Gazdick is going to check in between 6.30 and 7. One of our regulars here on the show and and playoffs for the U of A Golden Bears this weekend. They play UBC in a Canada West semifinal. Jake and Smallwood from Leduc won the uh, Rookie of the Year in Canada West this afternoon. He's going to join us to tell his story and get you ready for that series. And I am pleased to tell you as well, I will be doing inside sports from Claire Drake Arena on Friday night for game one between the Thunderbirds and the Golden Bears. I always love doing a show there. Of course, we didn't go the last uh, couple of seasons with pandemic stuff and uh, all that going on, and there wasn't one year for the U of A Golden Bears hockey team as well. So uh, back doing the show at Claire Drake Arena. So that is good. Back to school, just like Rodney Dangerfield. Perhaps not that amusing. Does anybody remember that movie, Kellen? Uh, I vaguely do. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, everybody, Kellen excited about my comments and observations. I, Was I, that the one where he did that crazy dive at the end? I, yeah, I think so. I, I the, think... The, see, the back-to-school movie I remember from the late 80s, early 90s was the cult classic Ernest Goes to School from about 1991 Oh, or so. okay. Well, <laughs> I, I think back-to-school was the one where uh, Rodney Dangerfield, people can let us know, 780-496-0063, where Rodney Dangerfield or whatever his character was playing did some elaborate multiple diving board dive at the end of the movie. I don't know, to win a contest or win a over uh, someone he was wooing or just pr prove his uh, manhood, something like that. Anyway, 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch tonight. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can email the show, insidesports at 630ched.com. And, of course, follow me on my ever-exciting Twitter account, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And we will today focus 
on a few Oilers topics in trade deadline possibilities being one of them, one of the major ones, because this continues to be a very intriguing deadline here for the Oilers. We spent a show last week, a lot of a show, talking about Eric Carlson, which, look, we knew when we were talking about it last week that it was still not that likely, and it appears even less likely now. And the the it, it seems that the price for a defenseman uh, in the National Hockey League may be higher than what the Oilers are willing to pay. And uh, I, I know what everybody, you know, the preventing goals has been the Oilers' number one problem, is the Oilers' number one problem. They, they, As we know, they got the best offense in the NHL. They don't have the best defense. Some of that's been defending by everybody, defensemen and forwards. Some of that's been uh, goaltending that you wish was a little better at times this season. Both goalies have had good runs. Some of it's uh, on the penalty kill. So, and some, some nights just good teams, you know, score goals on you. Um, but do, are you going to give up three draft picks for Gavrikov out of Columbus? I don't think he's worth that, you know, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. So now that the Oilers are often playing seven defensemen and you're, you got big Vinny DeHarnay playing around 12 minutes a night and, and maybe that takes a little bit of responsibility off some of the other guys. Is that a combination that the Oilers are going to be comfortable with? They might have to be because I, I don't know if, if they're going to give up a ton to bring in a defenseman in, in, unless he's an absolute game changer and Carlson would be. But it doesn't look like that trade is going to happen. And I heard Frank Cervelli say on Stoff Show a couple of days ago that he he doesn't think Carlson's even going to get moved in the summer, which we've speculated it might be more likely to have at that time. So we'll turn our attention to another very big name. And that is Patrick Kane, who may be traded by Chicago. He's, he's certainly going to have control over where he goes. I mean, he has a no-move clause, but if he says do it and try to do it with this team, the Hawks are going to try to do it. 34 years old, unrestricted free agent after the season. One of the best players of the last, what, 20 years, you would say? 25, this century, if you want to just round it off that way, since it went to the 2000s. Um, Three-time Stanley Cup champion, exciting player, um, yes, maybe con some concerns about his hips. He, he's not going to score as much as he used to. But if he goes to a, a team with a lot of offensive players, and it, it may not be Edmonton. I mean, you hear about Vegas being in the mix, Carolina. They're pretty good teams having good seasons. But if you're if a team like that is adding Patrick Kane and they're saying, okay, Kane, you, you don't have to drive the bus here. Support these guys, be a veteran player, score as much as you can. Maybe you're our fifth or sixth best forward. I think that's a pretty good situation uh, for whatever team is going to pick him up. I, to me now, he's sort of the name to watch. I think from a pure um, just interest standpoint, I mean, here's the thing. I, I would hope, and I'm going to assume that most of you are Oilers fans, of course, and, and, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I, I got uh, my glasses are too colored with uh, optimism. What do you call those rose-colored glasses? But but I would hope that there's just some good feeling that that the Oilers are can can talk about adding players of this caliber, even if you're not considering what you might have to give up or or how that person might play, or if you're going to keep them beyond that this year. I mean, I've I've covered trade deadlines where it's like, okay. Who are you trading away? How much are you going to get? Like, who, who do they, you know, the Oilers are in uh, second last place or last place. Who do other teams really want off this team? 
So it's it's to me it's more interesting to be in this situation, and I do think this is a very and I've I've said this before, but now we're counting down to it. I said this probably three months ago or two months ago <laughs> looking ahead to this time of year and now we're at this time of year that I was speculating about earlier this is a this is a big t- big big time for Ken Holland in, in his tenure as the GM of the Oilers now he has made other moves at trade deadlines uh, I, I think he was a little more mag- aggressive in 2020 when he got Green and Ennis and Athanasiu, and then that season got derailed. So it's a, to me, it's a little harder to judge those moves. Uh, you know, pretty uh, pretty unspectacular move to add Kulikov a couple of years ago. You know, I think the, last year getting Kulak, I thought that was a good acquisition. He stayed with the team. I, I think he's a solid defenseman who does his job most nights. They got Broussard last year who, who didn't play a lot, and, and now he's elsewhere. But, you know, th- th- this is an interesting one because there are big names out there, and, and there are guys who will help the team. And we, we talk a lot about... Well, maybe not we, but it's discussed. The, the, the window with McDavid and Dreisaitl, you got them getting into the later years of their contracts. And even if they stay orders beyond that, still with their ages, they're kind of right in the primes of their careers where you hope that they can do something and do some damage in the playoffs, as, as they did last year. I mean, I think still going to the third round is pretty good, but you want to win a Stanley Cup. Um, so I, I just, I, I would hope that there's at least positivity that the Oilers are in this situation to perhaps be buyers. Um, Patrick Kane, $10.5 million cap hit. Chicago will probably retain 50%, which is the most you can retain. And then can you, quote-unquote, launder Patrick Kane through another team that might maybe retain some more money, and then uh, you get him for perhaps a quarter of that salary, you know, around $3 million? Two point seven million dollars, something in that range. Now you're going to have to give something to the Hawks and then something to the other team. And, and even if you're bringing in around three million bucks, you're probably going to have to give up a player. Is this your opportunity to move out Yessi Puliyarvi? Do you have to give up a younger player uh, that still has maybe some potential but isn't overly productive for the Oilers right now, like Kyler Yamamoto? Is Evan Bouchard still dangled in a deal like this? Now his cap hit isn't as big, but he's set to get a raise here when he becomes an RFA. Or, do, or is it is it like a situation with O'Reilly and the Blues and the Leafs? Do the Oilers just give up? Okay, Chicago, how many draft picks do you want for, for Patrick Kane? Do you want a couple of firsts? I mean, this season coming up, the Oilers have a, a first, second, third, fifth, and sixth. They have their first in 2024. They have their first in 2025. They, they have draft picks to spare. And if if the hope is, all right, we're going to go deep in the playoffs and maybe win it all, those first-round draft picks are in the final four slots of the first round. So the, the players you're getting are, are not, well, obviously the, the, not the McDavid's and Drysdale's, but, but not even the Holloway's and Broberg's of the world, and nothing against, you know, Reed Schaefer or players that they've drafted in those positions. So could they possibly do that for Patrick Kane? And again, as you're listening to this, you're going to have your own opinions on it, how much do you give up for a player like that? How much of the future prospects or current prospects are you willing to sacrifice? Um, I, I, I think the the three younger players, a lot of people talk about trading, are, are 
I shouldn't say that. Not that people talk about trading, but that gets speculated that teams might want Bouchard, Broberg, and Holloway. You're going to have your own opinions on those guys in terms of how comfortable you all are trading them. Uh, Bouchard, when he's on his game, has been pretty good. He's had a tough season at times. I think he's been better lately. Broberg seems to be coming around. Holloway, I think, with uh, with his speed and size, has a lot of potential obviously didn't score like he did in the preseason and now unfortunately hurt in the minors so all, all that factors into it um it, it's it's a key time for for ken holland because the here's the thing with, with in the western conference is it's not as if there's a couple of teams that are just seem to be so much better than everybody else you know yes dallas is very good Here's the thing. The Oilers are two points behind the Dallas Stars. Dallas does have a game in hand. Points percentage, still pretty close. Dallas is 632. Edmonton, 603. I know there was a lot of talk earlier in the season. Well, Dallas is so much better than Edmonton. Well, the record doesn't indicate that. Winnipeg is one point. I know I'm looking at the other division, but just to group the conference together, Winnipeg is one point ahead of Edmonton with a game in hand. Uh, Colorado is three points behind Edmonton. Colorado has three games in hand, but its points percentage is almost even. Slight advantage to Colorado. In the division, 73 Vegas, 71 LA, 70 Seattle, 70 Edmonton. So, I mean, a a really high-caliber player might be enough to put you over the top in a really hotly contested series. 780-496-0063. I am always happy to hear from you. We'll also discuss this with Luke Gazdick as we move along tonight. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Luke Gazdick coming up between 6.30 and 7. He's always a pleasure to have on the show. He's presented every couple of weeks by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. 780-496-0063. Kellen, you go now. Okay. Uh, Triple Lindy. Triple Lindy. That was the dive. Yes, Triple Lindy. From oh, that was the dive. I thought that was the name of the listener at first. Okay. <laughs> no, that was the dive. We're triplets that all named Lindy. How do your parents a. keep you straight? <laughs> so, so it wasn't back to school then. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nick in the truck also adds uh, Rodney performed a Triple Lindy. Well, you'll be doing that one from the university on Friday. That's from Nick in the truck. Oh, my goodness. I, uh, well, I'll be in the rink, not in the pool, so maybe I better not. Is, 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 Nick, in a, is it Nick in a truck? Nick in is a truck. Is he coming to the game? Come say hi if you're coming to the game. There you go. Yep. Go say hi to Wilkie. Uh, we also got an unknown text saying Holland should target Orlov. That's an interesting name to keep an eye on. Uh, I just double-checked. He makes 5.1 this season. He's only 31. I believe it was Chris Johnson reported that there is some interest in Orlov. Um, I think he he missed a little bit of time injured this year. I don't think a ton of games. He may have missed 10 or 15 games. Um, 
Where is he playing this year? Well, he's still Capitals. Oh, okay. No, he's, yeah, he's still Capitals, but he's a UFA at the end of the season. He has a, I'm just double-checking on Cap Friendly. He has a no-trade clause, but it's only a five-team no-trade clause. I, yeah, I think he would add a dimension to the Oilers' back end, for sure. He's got playoff experience. Uh, doesn't mind playing physical. Wouldn't surprise me if he's moved. Things haven't been going great for the Caps lately. That, that's, a, that's a good observation of that texture. I think a guy to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim texts in and says, Hi, Reed. Why not just leave the team as is? Oilers are capable capable of winning Cup within two years if everyone's healthy and they get their collective mindset together. They are just a little psyched out right now, but if the same group stays together without having, help, having to learn to play with yet another player, they will win. Thanks. That's from Kim. Yeah, well, and that's uh, Kim isn't the first person to write that in or call in the last few weeks with that just leave the team as it is you know Evander Kane still might miss a week or two here um, but he's going to be back and and I get that sentiment I don't think that's what's going to happen I I think there will be a trade Uh, again and we talked about this player so much if they can somehow move Pugliarvi and free up cap space and you might have to give a team something else to to take Pugliarvi but I do think that would help I also think that, um, you know, there's a certain message you might send to players saying like, hey, look, I, I, I got this guy. Like, I wanted to make us better. It's not that I don't think you guys are good, but I think now we're even better. And let's let's go get it. Like, if we're, uh, you know, it's almost like I'm sure a lot of you have had that moment where you're doing your job, doing your job, and you think it's going okay, and then maybe someday your boss calls in and says, you know what, you've come a long way. Good good job, or here's your raise, or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's how it works in the real world. I work in a weird business. But, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I get that sentiment. Um, the Oilers are 12th overall. If they do well down the stretch here, and they have some tough opponents coming up, I mean, they could finish in the top 10 in the league, and then it comes down to executing in the playoffs. Um, but, I, but I think that Ken Holland will want to do something this year. And as I've said many times, and I totally respect what Kim said, saying that you know they're good enough to keep maturing, and, and maybe they, they, they're just better by, by growth in, in two or three years. But I'm also of the mind, why wait? Why keep waiting? I, I don't think you can just always say, okay, next year we'll go for it. Next year you go for it. I think you got to go for it as much as you can each year now that you have some of the talent that you have. But, but again, Kim, you are not the first person to suggest that. Don't mess it up. Let's see what this group can do.